welcome to Up Close and Virtual with me, Katie Tew. In each episode, I'll be joined by a guest where we'll be chatting about our experience of starting and running a business, the lessons that we've learned along the way. We'll be sharing our top tips and, of course, best practice. Expect to be entertained, enlightened and empowered. Happy listening. On today's episode of Up Close and Virtual, I'm really excited to welcome the very lovely Cara Burkett, founder of Miss BVA. I hope everybody can hear that clearly enough and my enunciation is clear. Cara is passionate about helping sales professionals grow their businesses by providing virtual assistant services to their time-consuming tasks. As a VA, Cara understands the struggles of business owners who wear multiple hats and feel like they're losing control of their schedule. She offers a practical and flexible solution where clients can decide how many hours of VA support they need on a monthly basis. With over 17 years of experience, she doesn't look it, Cara prides herself on being a smart worker who can mould her services to fit her clients' business needs. She understands that the longer she works with her clients, the more she can anticipate and overcome obstacles on their behalf, making her an invaluable asset to their team. Cara... Welcome. How are you? Good, thank you. Thank you for such a lovely introduction. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're very welcome. You are very welcome. I'm delighted that you've been able to take some time out of your schedule to join me this afternoon. Um, I know that the listeners will be really interested in your background and your journey and how you kind of run Miss BVA now. So why don't we crack on? Um, Can you tell us all a little bit about your background and how you actually got started in the VA industry? Sure. Um, So um, I've always described myself as a very traditional assistant. Um, So started off as an admin junior many, many, many years ago. Um, and worked my way up from there. I never went to university. I didn't really come away with many amazing GCSEs. Um, and I definitely um, always wanted to work, always wanted money to myself. Um, and yeah, I started in London um, and, and very much um, worked in London most of my life for a lot of corporate clients, um, you know, FTSE 100 clients. Um, so yeah, lots of experience um, working with different people. Um, so starting the business, um, it's a very short story, really, and probably quite an honest story. Um, I was made redundant at the start of COVID. Um, my redundancy had nothing to do with COVID. Um, the company I was working for were going through um, a restructure. Yeah, and the uh, main director that I was supporting uh was being made redundant as well. So um, I knew it was coming, um, but I had to wait a whole year 
for that redundancy to come through uh, because as you know in big corporate clients <laughs> companies things take uh, so much longer um, so it was a very long-winded process so I was quite lucky that in the background, I was able to start really job hunting. Um, but obviously then COVID hit, um, lots and lots of assistance got made redundant. And all of a sudden, there were so many people looking. Um, and I searched and searched for quite a few months, um, interviews, getting down to the final two. Um, you know, I think uh, the last straw for me was um, going for, I think it was a maternity cover. Yeah. I think they had over 500 CVs. I got down to the final two and they picked somebody that was coming from their competitors. Um, and I felt really quite annoyed about it and just okay. obviously quite um, deflated. You know, it's so hard. Um, and so somebody said to me about being a VA um, and I just kind of went for it, really. And I started um, the company in the background. Um, obviously, couldn't really launch it until that redundancy came through. Obviously, yeah. didn't yeah. change anything on LinkedIn. Everybody knows what you're up to. So I was kind of, yeah, setting it up in the background. And then I launched it on the 1st of January. I'm going to say 2021. 20, I feel yeah. a bit confused with the years but that feels about right um and I gave myself three months that's how much really I could afford to kind of sit there before I would really see my savings go um I just gave it everything really and that was nearly three years ago did you have clients kind of lined up while you were kind of doing that transition did you have a view as to who the clients might be so I had no clients lined up um and no, didn't really know about ideal clients, uh, didn't really know what an ideal client was. So I suppose I kind of, um, I come from a sales and marketing background. So I've always worked uh, within heavy sales environments, uh, looking after, you know, the sales director, the CEO, uh, COO, uh, managing director, that kind of level, um, where people obviously are either selling themselves, they're selling a product. So it's always been very fast paced. Um, and I'm a fast paced person. I'm from Essex. I talk very fast. I talk lots and quite loud. Um, so I kind of went down that route, really, and kind of went with what I know and the people that I got on well with and I was able to support um and and then it just kind of went from there really do you think at this junction you would you would sail that you 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 are the sort of sales professional VA do do you find that most of your clients are in that sales marketing environment yeah absolutely yes so all of my clients um are within that sales area so like I said they're either selling themselves uh, they could be a business coach for example or they could be selling a product um but yeah very much all of my clients have, have kind of ticked that box that's quite interesting isn't it because that's that sort of natural transition into niching without making a subconscious or conscious decision to go down a specific route because that's a natural area that you feel comfortable in yeah I think that's you know really important it's something actually that you learn as you go I don't think it's a, a lesson that you'll pick up straight away it's definitely 
perhaps you might take on the wrong client that you then think, oh, actually, that person's not for me or I'm not suited to them. Um, And I was really lucky. I found out quite quickly who my clients were. And since then, you know, a lot of my clients, they've either come through LinkedIn and very much through my social media and my marketing and how I talk and how I act. Um, and you know, all they come through recommendations from clients that either are working with me, know me, or perhaps they've worked with me before, um, in another lifetime, sort of thing. So it, it's been a very natural uh process, um, and it, it's you know, it, it has helped, but like I said, I have got it wrong, yes. <laughs> I definitely haven't got it right all the time. Um, and there's definitely a few, yes. Well, well, I'll ask you about the where we've got it wrong in a little while. It's quite interesting that you say that you didn't do the uni thing and that school was a bit of a challenge because I was absolutely in the same boat. I no, no education of any significance in my background either. Did you do any formal secretarial training? No, I haven't done anything. I've I've literally, I suppose, yeah, started from the bottom and worked my way up. I was really lucky, I suppose, uh, you know, and I I think a lot of assistants, if you go straight into London, you know, at the time there was a lot of senior uh, assistants that I would, you know, perhaps report into or I might be part of a team. So, you know, I had a lot of guidance in that kind of area. Um, You know, I've had quite senior people from, from quite you know, earlier on in my career. So again, you kind of learn what to do, what not to do. Um, and this, isn't it, is of being in the group with people who are perhaps a little bit more experienced or a little bit senior than you and, and you learn an awful lot. I certainly did in my early days. Um, and not a not not an entirely dissimilar background either. I went I worked in the city um, as a sort of assistant effectively to start with um, and then kind of really cut my teeth from there and learn my trade and, yeah. and kind of never look back, I think. Mm. Um, so the business is now coming up for what, two and a half, nearly three years old. Yeah, so two and a half years. Well, this is the third year that I've got into. So, yeah, two and a half years. Um, still a baby, really. Um, but it has grown a lot. It's grown very quickly. Um, I never expected it to be like that. Um, if I'm always touching wood and you know taking, never taking it for granted because you know I never thought it would really happen. Um, so it, it's funny. It feels like I've been doing it a lot longer than I actually have. Um, which in a way is nice, but also sometimes that can actually throw you a bit because I think people expect that you've experienced it all and you're like, oh no, <laughs> that's a new thing. <laughs> yeah, I think I think as virtual assistants, that's the one thing that we are all constantly doing is we are learning all the time. Mm. You know, whether it's a just a, a a CRM under a different name or you know it's a new just a just a different system, we are mm. constantly learning. Cara, tell me about the setup of Miss BVA, because you're not entirely on your own, are you? No, so um, so my business is kind of split into three areas. So I, uh, so one area is what I would describe as traditional assistant work, you know, what we all do, what we've always done. Uh, so very much around that diary management, inbox, we talked about CRMs, uh, design, you know, uh, document formatted everything that you would kind of 
um, expect a traditional EA to do. That's kind of in that sort of uh, bucket, I call it. Um, I also look after a lot of social media. So um, when I first started my business, um, I followed somebody and their methods with social media. Um, and it really worked for me and my business. Um, and I naturally, I suppose, became really good at it and understood it. Um, definitely not a marketing uh, specialist or anything like that, but very much, yeah, providing that kind of consistency with clients. You know, it's something that, you know, even I struggle, I'm sure you struggle with, you know, the busier you get, the less you focus on your own social media, yes. you lose so helping those clients to kind of post every day post organically um and the designs content writing you know all those sort of things um and then the third area of my business is powerpoint um which um, i know you're going to ask me a little bit about uh later i know you've got some questions but um you know powerpoint is something that you know, I always use. It's something I've naturally been quite good at. Um, and so it was one of the areas that I niched down when I started the business. So I, uh, so you have me and then I have uh, four associate VAs that work for me. Um, and um, they all do a little bit of different things. So all of those buckets, um, some of them um, will do all three buckets. Some of them might just be doing social media. Um, but we... The way that I've set my team up is is very much a team. You know, um, we are all VAs. We all are on our own. We all get a little bit lonely, uh, a little bit stressed sometimes. And so I really wanted to kind of set my team up so that everybody knew each other. We all catch up together. So we have like a fortnightly catch up. Um, and everyone talks about their accounts and, you know, just kind of share the love, really. That's what we call it. Um, it also works because then when it comes to holiday cover, there's always somebody able to support and help. Um, so, yeah, so that's my kind of team at the moment. I love that. And in terms of the, the associates, do you tend to split them out to have specific clients that they look after or do you just share the workload? Um, so some of them are um, more client specific. Mm -hmm. You know, um, one of my clients um, is quite an unusual client, actually, even though they are within the sales uh, sort of yep. group. Um, they're actually a construction payroll company. So um, they work with all different construction workers. They do their monthly payroll. Uh, you know, they, they do all of their tax. They do everything for them. And the associate that works with them, who does their social media and also helps them with a few other bits, um, actually comes from a construction background and works for a construction radio station. So uh, it was, was um, a yeah. yeah, perfect, um, you know, kind of, you know, marriage, if you want to call it that, you know, it worked perfectly. Um, the other assistants, yep, sometimes it's because they come from the same background as the client, or it could just be down to the work and the personality. Yeah. Um, you know, as I'm sure you know, and anybody listening, the assistant and client relationship or whoever it is that you're supporting is really, really important. It's the key. 
Uh, you can be the most fabulous assistant in the world, but if you do not get on with the person that you're supporting, it's just completely pointless. So I really try and focus more on that personality um, and, you know, the clients meet the associates. And like I said, it's it's very honest. It's very open. Everyone gets to meet everybody. Everybody's involved. Yeah. And, you know, there have been a couple of mismatches, as there are in the dating world. But um, I would say nine out of ten of them, you know, they've, they've worked and, and everyone's I working well. Brings us back, actually, to what you were saying earlier about where it does go wrong. And I think, you know, mm. actually, as virtual assistants, one of the lessons that I think we do tend to learn quite early on in that desperation to kind of build our client base up is taking on people that are probably our gut is saying this doesn't quite feel right but we push and we carry on and we work with them and then eventually we get to that point where it just falls apart Um, Mm. and you know I think one of the things I always say to anybody who's going out on this journey trust your instincts on this because actually it's much easier to make a decision early and trust your gut than it is kind of get yourself into a relationship that you've then got to extract yourself from mm. which is not impossible by any stretch of the imagination but it's a uncomfortable place that you don't need mm. to put yourself in yeah definitely it's yeah. um it's never easy but yeah go with your gut um always, and always go with your gut um try not to be too harsh on yourself that you got it wrong I'm the worst person. I will sit there. Um, I'm extremely tough. I've looked after extremely tough people. I'd say most things don't bother me, but there will be something, and you know, and you do feel like you've let yourself down. And so, yeah, my advice is if it happens, try not to be too upset about it because you'll learn you won't do it again. The next experience won't be the same. Um, but yeah, it. Yeah. Dust yourself off, brave pants on, dust yourself off and carry on. Mm. Let's talk about PowerPoint because I know Mm. that that PowerPoint is is still a big tool in your arsenal. Um, Mm. So come on, tell us about what it is that PowerPoint sort of invokes in in, in Cara. Um, I just love it and I, I... I think it is so underestimated. I think, you know, people think that, you know, we've got Canva now and yes, Canva's amazing. But you know what? A lot of clients don't even know what Canva is or can even use Canva. And I, you know, I think PowerPoint, it's very adaptable. It's everything can be edited. Everything can be changed. Um, You can create amazing, amazing slides. And I think people are they compare it to how it used to be or how perhaps they've seen a presentation that wasn't very good or was very boring. Um, And I like to change people's minds and I like to take their words and and change it into a more designy thing for them to come back and say, oh, I love it. You know, it's it's what I love about PowerPoint. I like 
that's quite a sort of achievement in itself, isn't it? That, that whole thing of actually, yeah. sort of, you know, kind of putting somebody who's slightly sceptical um, yeah. back on track and saying, you know, actually, this really works and it works really well. And we, if it's that classic, you know, Canva came along and everybody kind of veered off onto the Canva, yeah. you know, kind of treadmill and we all love Canva and da, 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 da. But actually, to all intents and purposes, there's not a huge amount that you can't do in PowerPoint that you can do in, in Canva. So Agree. I'm slightly like you and 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 most of us have got a microsoft 365 package so why go to the sense of having canva when you can actually mm. do it all in powerpoint i think that's great i really do yeah. absolutely and you know canva and powerpoint they can talk to each other i mean like i said i have a lot of corporate clients still and they don't know what canva is and they only use microsoft they work with clients that use microsoft so it's 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 perfect to use. I know that if I create a, a presentation for them, whoever they send it to, they're going to be able to use it and they're going to be able to work it. There's nothing worse than going to present somewhere and your presentation doesn't work and you don't know how to use it. Um, so, yeah, I'm a PowerPoint geek. I absolutely love it. I love teaching people. I love showing people on it. And, you know, like I said, you know, I like, creating a slide for somebody to say oh you know I love that that's exactly what I wanted so yeah it's it's a little I just yeah it makes me happy (laughs) I think that's lovely and I think it's that wonderful thing isn't it if you actually end up doing something that you really enjoy the output the things that you create as a result are so much better and of so mm. much higher quality because mm. you're loving it, you're enjoying it, you're getting as much out of it as the end result will for the client. Mm. It's lovely. Exactly, yeah. Really lovely. Just coming back to the sort of client stuff and, 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 and sort of client relationships and those sort of things, when you work with a client uh, in the early days of that relationship, how do you go about identifying how you're going to work together, what they really need to do, prioritising? How, how do you go about that process, Cara? Um, so usually um, lots of chats is probably the best way I can explain it. So I, um, uh, like I said, I like to chat, I like to talk, um, <laughs> and I like to get to know my clients, but I like them to get to know me. And Sometimes, um, especially, you know, when you take on a client that is at that extreme overwhelm uh, stage, it's very, very hard to say to them what you need help with and then being able to answer it. So normally, you know, you have your discovery call, you'll talk to them, you'll get a rough idea. And then kind of as you move into the onboarding um, and, you know, I will have as many meetings as needed they can be for 15 minutes sometimes I actually leave them to be quite short and snappy because I actually feel that with the people that I look after that's kind of sometimes better for them in the moment quickly speak about it rather than being on a call for 90 minutes and then kind of they're not really listening to what's going on because they're so busy with other things um but just really listening um and taking lots of notes and making suggestions I always like to start quite small um and you know 
again, make it very natural, you know. They're not going to all of a sudden give you everything that they've got for, that they need doing for you. And sometimes they might feel a bit nervous about handing all of that stuff over. So I like to start quite small, really focus on the things that are really urgent. So I've just had a new client join me. Um, and she's got no CRM system. She's okay. just got pieces of paper everywhere at the moment. So what we are, and, and, and she's not the most tech savvy person. I'm sure she won't mind me saying that if she did hear this. Um, so what we've really concentrated on is uh, one, reducing her inbox. She had um, nearly 6,000 emails. I've got her down to 3,000 emails. Uh, so just clearing out that clutter that was clouding her head. Um, gives me anxiety beyond honestly. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. But you know, it, it's it's a heavy task. People don't realise actually how long inboxes take to clear. But that was something that was really overwhelming her. And then we focused on the CRM. So I've created a very simple CRM for her in Trello. I love Trello, yeah. um, and I use Trello with a lot of my clients. And so that's what we've concentrated on for our first month together, just yeah. getting all of that information. And then, you know, then we'll move on to what needs to be done next. Um, and she's never had an assistant before, which, again, is is a challenge in itself. It's an um, with, Yeah. Yeah, when you've got clients that never delegated, have never done anything like that before, um, it may not come to them very naturally. So, you know, by having that kind of CRM in place and, you know, yesterday she sent me 30 photos of all of her notes. Before I catch up today, I stuck them all in the Trello board and now she can really see the whole point of using Trello and it's kind of lifted her up now. So we are now ready to move on to the next stage of the tasks that need doing. Um, I think that that's that thing and you probably find the same. If you start small and specifically with that sort of inbox cleanse, inbox management, you get a real flavour for what the person does and who mm -hmm. key players are in their business. Mm -hmm. I always do say to, to certainly anybody that I'm coaching and mentoring is, you know, have a proper think about offering that because it does give you insight beyond those normal conversations yeah. where you get a real sense of who's important, mm -hmm. what's important, who the key clients are, you know, who, yeah. who who sends the reply to all messages? Um, yeah. you know, who you know, all of those sort of things, which really help your knowledge and understanding of your clients' mm -hmm. key issues. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and even you know something I do, um, and actually I was taught this at a very young age, um, is to look in the sent items. Yeah. Don't worry about the inbox straight away. It's actually about your sent items because. You know, when you've got busy, busy people, they get hundreds of emails, but actually it's more about what they're replying to um, and what's important to them. So that's something that has stuck with me for years. And, you know, I manage quite a few inboxes. And as much as I look at the in inbox, first of all, I'm actually going straight into their sent items to see what they've been doing, why I haven't been looking Uh and it, and it, it just gives you such a good insight. So yeah, I like to go in. Oh yeah, and and like I said, I, I'm the relationship has always been extremely important to me, and I want them to trust me, and I want them to have faith 
And that only happens gradually. So I think sometimes if you go in all guns blazing, it can be really overwhelming, not just to the client, but also to you. Um, So it's kind of worked for me like that. So I'm going to continue. Something's working. In your opinion, then, what are the key qualities that make a successful virtual assistant? Wow. Um, well, mate, I think, you know, having your confidence and your ability, which actually is, is one of the hardest things, actually, I think, about being a VA, uh, because you can get knocked very quickly. But, you know, anyone going into being a VA, you've been an EA before and you've done that job and you've done it well and you know that job. Just because the job title is changing, the job is exactly the same. You know, when people say to me, what's a VA? I'm like, remember an EA in an office? And they're like, yeah, who works for one company? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, imagine that. But now I have lots of companies and I'm everyone's assistant, but in a virtual world. And they're like, oh, okay. And I think sometimes people forget that the job is the same. The job is what we've done. It's what we know. Um, so yeah, I, you know, those qualities, bring them into your VA business Definitely. because that's what will push you, um, be yourself as well. I think that, you know, I've, I've just hit 40. I know I don't look 40 not everyone else is going to be able to see, but you can see me, but I, um, absolutely. You know, I have to tell anybody who's listening out there, she absolutely does not look 40. <laughs> One of my clients was like, oh, have you hit 30? I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll go back like yeah. 10 years. But, you know, I'm 40 now. I've worked in London, which is probably one of the hardest places to work. Yeah. I, I know who I am now. And yes, I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea, but I'm quite content with who I am. Yeah. And I think that is a massive strength to any VA. Like, be yourself, because... This is your opportunity to be more yourself than you've ever been ever before. Had. You don't have to follow, you know, any company values. You don't have to wear certain things. I mean, things have changed. But when I first started in London, I'm sure you know as well, you know, you were yeah. well, very, you know, being, I, I never thought I'd become a trainer girl. Like walking, yeah. I always, when I was younger, I used to look at the women wearing the trainers to and fro and thought, no, I'm always going to wear my heels. And then, you know, you sort of, but I always wore high heels, always yeah. for work. Um, and, you know, this is, as a VA, this is your opportunity to be exactly who you want to be. And want to be. Yeah, and what you want your business to do and who you want your clients to be. So I think that's an absolute strength. And I think the third is is your network. You know, um, for me, I'm... I'm a networker, not not on purpose, but like I said, I chat with everybody. I would talk with anybody. I've worked with lots and lots of different people and I've stayed in touch with people. And I I like recommending people for all different things. And whether that's recommending one of my clients to another client who needs some help or whether that's another VA who's looking for an associate and I know a perfect, you know, and I think bringing your network um is so is so key it's such a great strength to have and don't hide away from the people that you know that you can introduce because you just don't know and like I said a lot of my clients are coming through recommendations now and that's because of that networking and just keeping in touch with people yes absolutely and I think you know we we can all as new business owners 
get terribly bogged down in that. How am I going to get clients? Oh my goodness, I'm going to have to spend a fortune on advertising, or I'm going to have to invest in social media ads or Google ads or, you know, all that sort of thing. Actually, the bottom line is you don't. If you use the network that is available to you, and that may include friends and family or family friends, you know, all that, that that is your network. And trust us, Mm. it works. I mean, I didn't didn't even have a website for the first 10 years of my business. I only put into place my website two years ago, just before Mm -hmm. the pandemic. I never, ever, ever spent any money on advertising at all. And it was only Mm -hmm. started the coaching and mentoring stuff that I actually pushed any advertising. And that was all through my existing network. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the whole thing of advertising, you you just don't have to do it. But trust your own network because they're the people who know you as well, better than anybody else. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And they will absolutely come through for you. You would be amazed yeah absolutely you know go out find your cheerleaders um you know I've I've you know I was at a sort of funeral sort of thing a couple of weeks ago and there was someone there that come up to me and they were like oh we heard you're a VA like we you know at such a random place you know (laughs) you know and that, it just, that's just it's it's amazing. You are your own marketing tool. You're your own marketing department, and actually, nobody can sell you and your business any better than you can. Um, and and take you know just just use yourself as your own marketing department. Definitely, How definitely. The virtual assistant industry is really developing and developing at quite a fast pace at the moment. How do you see the biz, the industry evolving, Cara? What are your thoughts on sort of where it's going and the role of a virtual assistant and what they'll play with the businesses moving forward? I mean, you know, I, I first heard about VAs probably about, about 10 years ago. Um, and obviously it was, it was quite a small pool of, of sort of VAs out there in the market. Obviously, since then and, and COVID and the, the pandemic, that's definitely changed people's views. Um, I think, you know, I am I always think to myself, I'm a bit of a different VA from other VAs. And the reason being is I don't have children. Yeah. So a lot of the VAs I know, being a VA is absolutely perfect for them. And, and actually, I don't know about you, but when I think back to some of my mum EA friends, and then like running out the door at six o'clock to get home, to get the train, to get the kids from after school and, and you know, things like that. It, it was really hard. And I think it's given a lot of assistant mums an amazing opportunity um, to really kind of leverage their skills, their experience, but to kind of get that that work-life balance. Um, like I said, I think I'm I'm a little bit on the side because obviously I don't have children. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't have those same sort of needs. But I definitely feel that there is so much opportunity out there and um and there is a huge pool of clients um and from all different industries and you know, all VAs specialize in something different. They all want to do something different, which makes it really amazing. Um, you know, I don't feel that I am ever trading on anyone's toes. I don't feel anyone is ever trading on my toes. Um I think, you know, it's it's a nice community. Um, and I think, you know, 
as time moves on, I do think that more and more corporate clients will be looking at taking on VAs. I mean, I know um, I was very, very lucky. I've got um, a corporate client. I've had them for uh, over two years now. And, you know, they asked me to come in and I was only meant to be there for three weeks. Uh, Two years later, I'm still Mm -hmm. there. And they're an amazing client. Uh, They're based in Covent Gardens. And the at the time, I was looking after the owner and the MD, and then the owner, um, who is very much remote, was like, well, actually, I don't need an assistant that's in the office. I'm quite happy working with Cara. It's working. I uh, I go into Covent Gardens um, a couple of times a month, yeah. um, and, you know, I have a a lovely relationship with them you know I don't actually charge them for my travel because they include me uh as as like a permanent member of staff so they always include me when it comes to socials and and you know and things like that so I never kind of so we we have a bit of an agreement but I go in when she does because there's a board meeting or something like that um but she was like I I, I don't need the, the assistant to be in the office so what actually ended up happening was I looked after, carry on looking after the owner, and then they brought in a permanent EA to look after the MD, the management team, and to help run the office a bit more. And then what that means is me, and and her name's Emma, she's amazing, Um, we are a little team of assistants, that means we can cover each other. And so I think actually, you know, there will be a lot of companies like that with certain directors owners you know at certain levels that are like well actually I'm not coming into London every single day so I don't need an assistant to be there every single day and also perhaps they don't need an assistant full time I think that's the other thing as well um and and, you know for me I feel like the assistant role has really changed over the years where we you know, not just doing the traditional stuff. We're picking up all different things from marketing to business development, CRMs, you know, as we talked about. So, you know. It's a much broader role than it ever Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I, I I feel like it's changing. I feel like there's lots of opportunities. Feel like the VA market is still quite new. I think there's still a lot to learn. Um, But very positive. And I think, you know, I've I've had an amazing positive experience that shows, like I said, in a corporate environment, a VA can work. So I really do believe that there are are other clients out there that will also be thinking about it. It's quite interesting because certainly I see the VA industry in the UK becoming very similar to that of the US. And the US were very much more ahead of us in terms Mm -hmm. of VAs were around probably 15 to 20 years ago whereas we're kind of 10 years ish in the making um Mm. the va industry in the states is absolutely booming and most senior corporates in the u.s have either a va who works with them virtually but supports them across personal and corporate or they have this split function where if you're a ceo you tend to you might have a va who does your corporate or a VA who does your personal and then you might mm-hmm. have an EA who does your corporate stuff in the office as yeah. well and mm-hmm. that that's quite a common model in the states and I wouldn't be entirely surprised if we're not moving to a very similar type of, of, of thing mm-hmm. going on in the UK it's obviously considerably more cost efficient and with you know the the 
cost of living crisis, et cetera, et cetera, that we're all experiencing, that everybody's looking at their bottom line. And I think it makes an awful lot of sense for, for businesses to be looking at this model as an, as an alternative. I'm Absolutely. really excited about the, the, mm. the, the future of the business. And it really has got a future. It's got a really mm-hmm. exciting future to it. How do you, in your kind of busy, just sort of, you've obviously got a huge number of clients you've also got the associates to manage how do you kind of keep yourself abreast of what's going on in the industry and sort of keeping up with the tech and that sort of thing how how do you find time to do those things I have absolutely no idea some days um do you know what I am I suppose that I'm a bit of a a go-getter that's probably the best way to describe me so um if you said to me I need to do this, I need to get to X, Y and Z, I'm off and I will go and find that information for you. Um, And, you know, I think, again, that experience, you learn, you learn, you learn as you go, as you go. Um, I try and find time to fit little bits in, uh, but to be honest, it is very much in the moment, on the go. Uh, and again, that is down to the clients that I work for. You know, they are very last minute. Some of them, they might be like, oh, all of a sudden I need to do this or I need to do that. And you have to kind of leap into action. Yeah. Yeah. But I suppose, like I said, you learn as you go, that experience, um, you know, just yeah, kind of just when you can pick it up. I'm, you know, I do try, but it is difficult. Um, and I try not to be too harsh on myself. I definitely, you and me both. And actually, yeah. going back to what A you were saying with regards to you know PowerPoint, that was the sort of classic. If it's not fit, broken, you don't need to fix it. So mm. you need to go and find reinvent the wheel when you've got something that's really actually at your fingertips mm. and that can do the job for you. But I also think the other thing that you said earlier is you just you learn all the time. You know, somebody will come to you and say, "Oh, we use X, Y, and Z CRM," and suddenly you've got to learn that, and that is part of your own learning and development. Mm. Um, and Absolutely. just tend to do it rather than necessarily kind of invest in our own personal development. We, we're doing it all the time as a day to day thing. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And actually, you know, when you think about it, you know, sometimes you can't fix something until you've done it. So, you know, you look at people's processes. I've, I've just recently done actually a couple of, um, you know, I call them road mapping yeah. exercises, yeah. you know, where you go through the process, you have a little look. Can it be better? Can it not be better? Sometimes things, they should just be left as they are. And then other times, you know, they need to be changed or a new system or, you know, a smarter way of doing it. Um, But, yeah, so I feel like I very much learn on the job as I go, you know, been doing it for so, so, so long. Um, And I like learning like that as well because, you know, I don't know about you, but sometimes... Sorry. You're putting it into practice, aren't you? It's that thing of learning something, but I'm actually also doing it. So by doing it, it's going to kind of stick in my brain and it'll be there for another day. Yeah, and I know it sounds silly, but it adds a bit of flavour to your day sometimes because being an assistant can be very hard and it can be very tough um, stuff. You know, you're doing the same thing all all the time, sending an email organizing a meeting reorganizing the meeting then organizing it again you know and and so sometimes those challenges actually when they happen they can be really refreshing because 
you feel like, oh, right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna learn something new, or I'm gonna do it a bit different, because we do repeat a lot of the same exercises, processes, and tasks. Absolutely, I, I think that's absolutely right, and it is nice to have something that's a bit different to our day mm. and come become a little bit repetitive. We're kind of coming to the end of the podcast, but the one last thing I would really like to ask you, and this. I haven't prepared you for this one, so you can you can you can refuse to answer if you wish. What advice would you give to business owners who are considering working with a virtual assistant for the first time? Um, so I normally I'm very happy to answer that. So what I normally would say is interview at least three VAs. Um Treat it as you would treat it if you were bringing in a permanent EA. You know, that relationship, um, personalities, it's so, so important. And if you don't get it right in the start, I would say more than likely it's not going to end very well. Um, And again, speaking from experience. um, (laughs) So definitely, you know, um, meet as many candidates as you want. Obviously, don't have to go to OTT with your interview (laughs) process, but definitely you know, meet different people. Um, I think before you even start looking, um, any client needs to have a rough idea of what they're after. I always send my clients off with the bucket exercise. I don't know if you know that one where, you know, you put in one bucket, everything, you know, they have to do in their business, everything that they don't want to do in their business. And then the third one is everything that they can't do in their business. Um, And I always send my clients off to go and do the bucket exercise. Um, Anybody that I first speak to who, you know, will be like, oh, I've not even thought about it. I'm like, right, we need to go off and and think because you're not going to have a permanent EA working for you every hour of every day. So it's really important to know what you want and get that value, get the hours right. Um, as we were saying before, I tend to go in a little bit lower and build on the hours rather than go in at the top end and then reduce the hours. Um, so, yeah, definitely think about that. And um, just, I suppose, for any client, if you've never worked with an assistant before, embrace it. Yeah, Embrace the madness of working yeah. with an assistant uh, because it is, it's up and down. It's like a relationship. Um, you know, you're going to take things out on your assistant that you're not going to take out on anyone else. You're going to tell them things that, you, you know, so really just like embrace the whole experience and enjoy it and see the benefits. Um, and yeah, and hopefully it will be a, a positive experience. Well, by the sounds of it, any client who gets to work with Miss BBA is going to be extremely oh. happy and will be very, very lucky to have secured you. Cara, you've been a delightful guest. I genuinely, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. And thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and experience and insight. Um, And let's hope that we can empower a few more of those lovely ladies out there, or men, or men, I'm not not, not demarcation line, to to give it a go and set up their business. If anybody wants to contact Cara, her details will obviously be in the show notes, so please do reach out to her. And Cara, just the best of luck, and I hope you just go from strength to strength, and I'll look forward to keeping in touch and watching your progress. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.
thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to follow me and my guests on our social channels. All the details will be in the show notes. And please get in touch if you have any questions or topics that you might like to have covered in the next episodes, or even if you would like to be a guest yourself.